How's everyone doing? So before before we let uh, Pastor Stephen Mamie come up, I know we got the kids in here today. Kids, you here? Okay, we got we got we got we got like we got one. That's it. No, hey, so what's tomorrow, guys? And what are we gonna what what are you gonna do on the Fourth of July? Eat. Let's <laughs> go. Everything revolves around food, right? That's it. No, we're gonna set up fireworks. We're gonna watch fireworks. So I wanna I wanna just real quick, just as a little kind of fun little kids message for uh, for everybody here. Kids, uh, parents, you might get some out of this too. Who knows, right? We'll just see where it goes. So I wanted to share a little bit about of uh, a, hist- a brief history of fireworks for Ben Ogle. Oh no! Oh no! Right here we go. So I hope I hope you're not using this illustration in your sermon today, but I'm I'm taking it ahead of time here. So what I'm what. With fire, with anything new, like, and especially as a kid, like, there's different kinds of, like, whenever you see something big like that, there's certain kids that I know that they love fireworks. In fact, there's a picture of Warren whenever he was just probably only, gosh, you're seven months old, and we took him to go see fireworks. And his, just, there's a picture of him just looking up at the sky, watching the fireworks. You see, like, the, the colors on his face, and he's just totally enthralled. Like, the word enthralled fits perfectly. Like, just total wonder of it, right? But there's other kids that I know that are like, the only way they're going to watch fireworks is with the headphones on. Like, it's, it's too scary, too loud, whatever, right? Me as a kid, no way. I wanted all the fireworks I could get, right? But everybody reacts differently. And what I want to talk about with this is fear. So my dog that I have does not like fireworks. Now, if you think about it, a dog has absolutely zero understanding of what fireworks are. I mean, to her, it probably is something that is like, hey, the sky that gives me sun and sometimes drops water on me, now that same sky is exploding, and I don't know why. So my dog, whenever fireworks start going off, she gets all, she's all, all, all weirded out, right? Just comes around, just you can't give her enough treats to make her happy. She just wants to be inside. And it's not just that you, she's inside. You have to be with her inside, right? My big, my, my big ferocious, you know, 80, 85-pound dog can't handle fireworks. It's fear, but she doesn't understand it. She doesn't know it. And how many of us, we react to things in our lives like that? Whenever, I mean, kids, whenever you see something or something happens that you're, you don't understand it, you get afraid of it because you don't know what it's about. And I remember for me, is I, we, whenever I moved, we moved from Pennsylvania to Oklahoma. And whenever we moved to Oklahoma, there was something big that happened in the difference. So in Pennsylvania, you get like, like snaps, sparklers, and like the snakes, right? The, the, like, that, that's, that's all that's legal there. In Oklahoma, it's like the street stands are selling like quarter sticks of dynamite for fireworks, right? <laughs> And it's just like that's that's you what you you want you hey kid you you know you you got twenty five cents for this M eighty you got a buck twenty five you know we could blow your hand off. But seriously, so it did not take long for young Ben Ogle to like oh man, well we're gonna buy fireworks and I remember riding my bike to those those fireworks stands nonstop and like it was just like a cornucopia of this whole this whole new this whole new world opened up to me, right. And so I had liked fireworks, but the problem was is I didn't have a healthy respect of fireworks. So, I'm, you know, it, it starts off, you know, you're buying like, okay, black cats. We'll start with the black cats. You know, and first you're just lighting them off and setting them there, you know, blah, and you're like, wait a minute. I can undo that whole strand, and then I get a hundred of those things to do whatever I want with, right? So you undo the, you undo the strand, right? And I will never forget the day that I had, because what we would end up doing, kids, this was not smart, okay? Just we would we would light them and then try to throw them at each other, right? But what I didn't have was a healthy respect of fireworks. And so what I did, I remember, I still remember I lit it, and that sometimes that fuse would burn just how it should. And other times, you know, there's a little bit too much black powder in it, man. That fuse goes from this to this in no time at all. So I remember I lit that thing and I went back like as soon as I got like this that thing blew up in my hand. <laughs> and I remember my hand being numb, my ear being ringing because it blew up right next to my ear. I didn't have a healthy respect of it, right? But then here's another time. 
Another time I set this thing off, they're called Jupiter missiles. They were really cool, right? But the problem was is I didn't, I just thought, oh, we'll just set the Jupiter missiles off. They're really cool. They shoot so high up in the air, right? Until this one time that the Jupiter missile fell over sideways before, after we lit it, right? And here we are, like me and my buddy, again, I'm talking about, I'm talking about a fear, right? We, we were like, had no fear. We should have had some fear. We didn't have any fear. I'm not kidding. We let it off right here, and we're both standing right there. Steve Johnson, Daniel Moore, right? It just falls over to the side, and we just all stand there and watch it. Now, thank God it fell over that way. And that thing shot down the street. I mean, and whenever they called it like a missile, I mean, I'm not kidding you. That thing was just like <laughs> blasting off, I mean, down the, like half the block. And we were just like, afterwards, we just looked at each other like, oh, we better make sure those stand up. You know, like, you got to have the right kind of, you have to have the right kind of fear. My dog's fear of fireworks, she has no clue about any of it, right? But after I saw that Jupiter missile, after I had that black cat go off, I had the right kind of fear and respect for fireworks. And the Bible says, where's my Bible? I totally forgot my Bible. Sorry, you, you'd let me go up there, right? In Pro- here, here it is, guys. Listen up. Kid- kiddos, listen to this. It says in Proverbs 10, 27, it says, The fear of the Lord prolongs life. That doesn't mean that you be afraid of God, like, oh, God's mean. I don't know what he's going to do. No, 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 no. The more you get to know God. The more you read the Bible, the more you ask your parents about God, the more you come to church, the more you know who he is and how strong he is and how much he loves you and how much he wants good things for you. And whenever you understand that, you start to have, it's not, don't think of the word fear. Think of it like respect. My dog's afraid of fireworks because she doesn't know anything about them. I gained a respect to fireworks because I started to get to know what they were. The more you get to know God, the more you'll respect him. The more you practice worshiping, guys, the more you raising your hands during worship, the more you get your heart into it, the more you respect God, right? And then you'll respect his authority because you know how good he is. And now for just a short lesson on authority. So last, last firework story, I promise. My uncle used to come visit us every, on, the, on the 4th. And he lived in Michigan, and he'd stop through, and he would buy all kinds of fireworks in Ohio, right? Come to set them off in PA, where you're not allowed to do anything with sparklers. So here we are. We're at my house. I'm probably, what, 10 years old? And, yeah, he knows the story. And so Uncle Tom bought parachuters. And so they, they shoot up in the air, and then they float down these little individual fireworks. So here I am, 10 years old, and we're setting these off in the middle of West Pearl Street in the city of Butler. You know, we're just, we're firing them off, and, lo, and my, my dad's shooting them off, and we're all watching them. And lo and behold, what comes down the street as we're shooting parachuters? The city police. That's correct. That's correct. Here's where you need to have a healthy fear of authority. So, so here it is. I'm, I'm a young kid. All, all my mind is these are super illegal. Like, this is like, this is like early 90s. So, like, in my mind, like, we're setting off nukes, right, like in, in West Pearl Street. And I'm thinking... Uh, I, the the police come, you know, and and I'm not I am not exaggerating. Par, parachuter is like landing on the hood of the patrol car. <laughs> now, why they got that close, I don't know, but they did, right? So I start crying because I'm thinking that my dad is going to go to jail, you know, <laughs> like he's going to be somehow connected to the, to the the Russians. We're setting off nukes on Pearl Street, like we're, I'm gonna, he's going to go to jail, right? It's the early '90s, man. That's like what that's what I was society's force fed me. So I start crying, right? And and I don't understand because my dad goes to talk to the police and comes back smiling and he goes to the 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 car, the two officers inside is like, I, I'm sorry guys. And they just their response is just go to Lindora and set these things off. <laughs> so you have to have the right kind of respect for authority, right? Yeah. So Hey, have the right respect and authority. Have the right kind of fear for God. Fear him because he's so wonderful and so powerful and he wants good things for you. He loves you. Don't fear him because you don't know him. Happy fourth.
Yeah, that's how it worked. I'm thinking in Oklahoma, I nudged him, Steve, Steve, where were we when this was all going on? <laughs> were we in the house studying the Bible? <laughs> how did we miss all this right out? <laughs> he was in the woods. He was in the woods, yeah. Oh, well, happy 4th of July. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That was good. Thank you, Pastor Ben. Yes. We, we asked him. I mean, that was all impromptu. You guys need five minutes for service It's like, oh, that's right. The kids are in the service. And they were going to be out on vacation, and they had to have a slight change of plans. So now they're here. It was like, well, would you like to say something to the kids? That was, that was awesome. Now we get to the serious part of the service. <laughs> I feel like we're going to come up here and speak the word of God. It's going to sort of change the atmosphere but no I do we want to begin it's the 4th of July and uh you like this on the PowerPoint God bless America I, I just want to begin Amen. with a prayer over our nation yes. um, and so let's just come before the Lord Father God we do thank you we we praise you Lord you know like like Jason was saying praise looks good on you Lord when we worship you and praise you it not only makes us look good you know, you say, blessed is the nation uh, when the Lord is their God. And so we thank you for all the past goodness, Lord, on our nation. Yes. And the blessings that you have poured out. Lord, so much of it we don't really deserve. But yet you've been so good to us. It's like the song that we sang. Your goodness chases after us. But Lord, I, you look around the nation and in truth, much of the nation has forgotten you and forgotten your goodness, there's so much brokenness, there's heartache that sin has caused. And so, Father, we pray, Lord, we pray for a moral and spiritual breakthrough, renewal, yes. that people's hearts would turn back to you, that our nation would look to you and give you the honor and praise that you deserve. Help us, Lord. Convict us of our sin, Lord, our waywardness of our nation. Help us to return back to you, Yes, Lord, in repentance. I pray you set our feet on a path of righteousness because... The, the truth is the path of the righteous does shine brighter and brighter. So there are good days for us ahead, those of us who put our trust in you. And we pray for our nation's leaders. God, I pray you give them wisdom to know what's right to do. I pray you give them the courage to do it. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And so, Father, we pray for a fresh wind of your spirit to yes. blow through our land. I pray that we would be people who would humble ourselves in your sight and acknowledge you as Savior and Lord. And Father, I ask you to bless families. I ask you to bless the families in this church. I ask you to bless the families in America. I pray, we, we pray for your Lordship over them. That you would bless our homes, Lord, that they could be instruments, Lord, of showing your love. I pray that our homes would be instruments that would show what the peace of God is like what laughter and joy is like. I pray for discipleship in our home, for growth in the knowledge of you in our homes. I pray our children, Lord, would be taught of you, taught the word of God, taught discipline, taught sacrificial love and, and service to other people. And Father, I pray for our children that they would be able to discern right from wrong and resist all the cultural pressure of the day to, to, to forget about you. Come on. Bless our families, Lord, to live out the truths in your word. And I just pray, Father, we want all these things. We pray all these things. Lord, it's for your honor and for your glory that our lives can be a light and a testimony to you. And so, Father, God bless, may truly God bless America. Yes. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So we are continuing in our study on 1 Peter. You didn't forget that we were in 1 Peter. We're making our way through. <laughs> we're in chapter 3. Uh, we're going to go chapter 3, verses 8 to 18. The title of this message today uh, has to do with praying for your enemies. All right? Not a topic sometimes that we want to hear about and do, but it's so important that we understand that there's a blessing yes. when we pray for our enemies. And so we're going to read, this is not, this part is not on PowerPoint, but 
verses 8 to 18. If you have your Bible with you, or you have your or if you need one, yeah, or you have your electronic device with you, raise your hand. First Peter is right before Second Peter. Peter in the New Testament. That makes it easier to find. Yeah. <laughs> Praying for your enemies. Verse 8, it says, and I'm, I'm reading from, it, I'm sure it won't exactly match your translation, but finally, all of you should be like-minded and united in spirit, sympathizing with one another, loving each other as brethren of one household, compassionate and courteous, tender-hearted and humble. Never return evil for evil or insult for insult, but on the contrary, blessing and praying mm. for their welfare. For know that to this you've been called, that you may yourselves inherit a blessing from God. Verse 10, for let him who wants to enjoy life and see good days Keep his tongue free from evil and his lips from guile or speaking treachery and deceit. Verse 11, let him turn away from wickedness and shun it. Let him do right. Let him search for peace and seek it eagerly. For the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who practice evil. Now who is there to hurt you if you're zealous followers for that which is good? But even in case you should suffer for the sake of righteousness, you are blessed. Do not dread or be afraid of their threats, nor be disturbed by their opposition. But in your heart set Christ apart as holy and acknowledge him as Lord. Always be ready to give a logical defense to anyone who asks you to account for the hope that is within you. But do it courteously, courteously and respectfully. And see to it that your conscience is entirely clear. Excuse me. <clears throat> so that when you are falsely accused as evildoers, those who threaten uh, you abusively and revile your right behavior in Christ may come to be ashamed of slandering your good lives. For it is better to suffer unjustly for doing right, if you should be, if it should be God's will, than suffer justly for doing wrong for Christ died for sins once for all the righteous for the unrighteous the just for the unjust the innocent for the guilty that he might bring us to God in his human body he was put to death but he was made alive in the spirit so we started off <clears throat> excuse me we started off uh, this series in first Peter and we, we made a simple, some simple statements about identity. We talked about being a sojourner. This is part of our identity, that we are strangers living in a foreign land, so to speak, as we, as we sojourn through this life on this earth. And so understanding our identity is really important because your out of your identity is going to determine how you live. It's going right. to dictate your speech is going to dictate your behavior. It's going to dictate your perspective about yourself, about other people. Mm. Uh, it all flows from your identity, who you believe that you are on the inside. And so your identity, I say it again, is hugely important. And the, the good news of the gospel is this, is that when a person, a man or woman or a child, gives their life to Christ, and you're born again, you've actually been given a new identity in Christ. It, it, scripture says in 2 Corinthians 5, yeah. 17, if any man or person, child, be in Christ, that means I've surrendered my life to Christ, you're a new creation. All things have passed away. All things are new and all things are of God. Hallelujah. So on the outside, if you give your life to Christ, somebody, to, you know, we people surrender their life to Christ, nothing changes on the outside. You look the same. Your hair is still the same. <laughs> your features are still the same. But our makeup is this, we are spirit, soul, and body. And your spirit deep on the inside of you is where the miracle yes. of, of new birth took place. 
you were given the nature of Christ, which is a love nature. This is the nature of God recreated you on the inside and made, gave you his nature. And so you are now, according to the mind and the, and the view of God, you've become a son or daughter of God. Yes. The nature of Christ dwells on the inside of you. This is your new identity. And it changes everything. Yes. Or, or it should change everything. Come on. Because I now am, I am now, this is why the word of God is so important as we read the word of God. This is spirit and life. His spirit begins mm -hmm. to bear witness with your spirit on the inside of you who you are. It begins to tell you, this is who I made you to be. This is my plan and purpose for your life. This is how you are to live and to think and to act and yeah. to speak. We're in a new kingdom. And oh, how important it is that we renew our mind to this. Because if we just give our life to Christ and do nothing else, we never open up the Bible. You could come to church, but I mean, that's just really a fraction of what a person needs to really understand their new identity. Yeah. So how I perceive myself, how I perceive people, how I perceive the world, uh, I am meant to walk in the spirit now. And that doesn't mean, woo, you know, like I'm walking right. in the spirit, like I'm some super spiritual person. It means I'm walking according to my new nature in Christ, who yes. God made me to be. And again, I say to do that, we have to renew our mind to understand who we are and then let it govern. This is so important. We have to begin to judge our thoughts and how we're speaking and our behavior and our perspective. And we need to look at this and let this govern yes. our choices now. And so this is, this is where mind renewal comes in. Yeah, and let it uh, allow the word of God to correct our thought life. Yeah. Allow it to correct our attitude. How I think and how yes. I talk and, and speak. And how yeah. you respond. Yeah. And so when we read these words, let's take a look. It's going to be on PowerPoint here. It, it's on verse 8. It says, finally, all of you should be like-minded, united in spirit, sympathizing with one another, loving each other as brethren, one of the same household, compassionate and courteous, tender-hearted and humble. Now, these words actually describe the heart of God. They describe the, and this is our new nature. This is who we really are. So when we yield to our new nature, it's, it's like being godlike. We are being transformed. Our life is being transformed. We're to have this kind of reaction, passion, compassionate, courteous, sympathizing with loving one another, not just with the brotherhood of our church family, but uh, also with the world, with outsiders. And uh, we should allow this word to convict our heart. And we should, what we should do is allow not only what we believe, but we should allow what we believe to be strong convictions within us. Amen? Mm -hmm. And we can believe something but not act on it. Yeah. But when you believe something, you have strong convictions about something, you will act on it. Yeah. And that's when we experience the power of the Word of God. Amen? Yeah. And, and most Christians walk by their natural mind, their, their personal feelings. They allow their unrenewed mind, untrained mind by the Word of God, they allow that to dictate and dominate their life and their feelings, their reactions, their, their actually perception and even their speech. This is really important for us to get a hold of. Because when you feel like you've been wronged, now, it's easy to retaliate in the flesh, isn't it? You see, now, we're going to go right into this. It's going to be easy to retaliate according to our feelings. It's, it's easy to be good to people who are good to you, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's easy to be kind to those who are kind to you. But uh, what happens when we're treated unfairly? When people start talking about us behind our back? When somebody's bad to you. <laughs> I mean, when they weren't fair in a business deal, they start spreading rumors about you. 
you know, they, they, they reject you. Let's say they, they even stop the, the relationship. It's, it's, <laughs> it's difficult to, to think good of them, isn't it? Yeah. And you know why? Well, they don't deserve it. Huh? They don't deserve it. But see, God is asking us to respond out of this love nature. God is love. We know that, right? Scripture declares God is love. And if we're born of His Spirit, that means within our spirit, God is love. That means, put your name there, I am love. Steve is love. This is your new nature. And this is the nature that we have to develop. This is the nature that we have to allow to manifest throughout our life. And when you start to think this way, you're going to be saying, Oh, Lord, forgive me here, forgive me here, forgive me here, forgive me. It's good to do that. It's good to repent. And when we, we respond inappropriately, we need to call it sin. Because if you start making excuses, well, it's going to happen again. Yeah. But if you call it sin, you're going to stop it. Yeah. Because none of us in here want to sin. <laughs> look so, at verse 9. Yeah, here. look at verse 9. This is up on PowerPoint. It says, never return evil for evil or insult for insult. Now we've all had to repent of that, haven't we? <laughs> but on the contrary, blessing or praying for the person's welfare. Yeah. I mean, I stop and think, what if all, every Christian did this for one day? I mean, really did it. We'd have, like, spiritual revival in our Amen. homes in our country. We really would. Amen. It would turn the world upside down. <laughs> <laughs> for know that to this, you've been called. See, this is our calling because this is right. who we are in Christ. This is because of our new nature, that mm -hmm. you yourselves her inherit a blessing from God. See, we've been called to pray for our enemies so that we would actually inherit a blessing by doing it. And people, you know, we can get just stuck in the flesh. Yeah, but they really hurt me. And that was really mean what they did. And they really did me wrong. And I go, I know. I know. I understand that what they did wasn't right. This isn't about agreeing that let somebody hurt you and just it doesn't matter. What a person does, if it's wrong and sinful, we can say that was wrong and sinful. Mm -hmm. But... Jesus said, Luke 6, 27, yeah. this is up on PowerPoint, this is, these are his words, bless those that curse you, do good to those who hurt you, pray for those that mistreat you. Ah, this is tough. these are hard sayings, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, one test that we are all going to have to pass, and it, I wish it was once, it was like, I did it, <laughs> <laughs> it's over. <laughs> But it's like it keeps coming around again. Yeah, like, oh. I'm done. And then I, you flunk it. It's like I thought I did really well back there. Why couldn't I just take the A plus that I got? It doesn't work that way. It's like the test we have to learn over and over Amen. again as we walk through this life is being good to people who have not been good to us. Because mm -hmm. everything in you is going to want to say, just hold a grudge. Just talk negatively about them. Do you know what they did? Get back at them. Look for ways to get even. Yeah. 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 Go on social media. Oh, boy. Just hang out there and spill out all of your feelings and opinions. And, of course, you know, I think it's always one-sided. <laughs> there are always two sides to every story. That's we should remember right. that. It's like the proverb that we just read recently. I put this down. Proverbs 18, 17 says, it's good. He who's first to speak, his case seems right. Until his opponent comes and cross-examines him. And it's like, wait, wait, wait. Here's the other side of this picture. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, your job, my job, is not to get on social media. Come on now. And tell the other side and just pay people back. Hey, let me tell you how this is. Insult for insult. Railing for railing. Yeah, come on now. You know, your job and my job, according to this scripture, is to bless those... <laughs> that do you wrong, that, yes. that curse you, and pray for your enemy. See, we are the, be the ones, if we will do that, if we will yield, and we have to sometimes swallow our pride and crucify our flesh and yep. do this, Scripture says, you know, that God will take care of the rest. If I, if right. I bless, God will, you know, if you will take care of the rest of it for me. Yeah, and when it says to pray for your enemies here, 
pray for those who did you wrong. It doesn't mean pray, Lord God, I pray they go bankrupt now. <laughs> yeah. That is not what we're talking right, about right, here. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Lord, help them suffer hardship. <laughs> no, we pray that God will bless them. But Lord, it wasn't fair. They hurt me. It wasn't right what they did. Here's the key. You're not blessing them and praying good things for them for their sake. You're doing it for your own sake. Yeah. You're yeah. doing it for your own sake. Look at verse 9 here. See, because this is the key. Look, it says, know that this you have been called to. You've been called by God to pray for your enemies. You've been called by God to pray for those who hurt you. But there's something at the end of that so that you would inherit a blessing, yeah. so yeah. that you would inherit the blessing, so that you would inherit the blessing. <laughs> this hard, isn't it? Yeah. Uh-huh. Because if you don't do this, if you don't pray for their blessing, you're going to get stuck. Yeah. You will be stuck. You will be stuck. And let me tell you what, the devil wants you stuck, amen? Yeah. He wants you stuck. He wants you ineffective in your Christian walk. And this is how I used to do it a long time ago. I, I, I recognized this is what something that I needed to do. And what I did, I, the Holy Spirit helped me. He said I started to pray for these people what I wanted. I pray that they, the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened. I pray that they would walk in wisdom. I pray that they would be financially blessed. I pray that they would walk closer with Jesus. Do you know when you keep doing that on a consistent basis, the devil will not bring this up to you again <laughs> because he wants you to get involved with the junk. And if you start to bless your enemy, if you start to bless those who curse you, who mistreat you, the devil's plan to bring it up into your mind has failed because you start praying a blessing for them. Because all of a sudden, those thoughts about revenge and hatred start to fade away. You know, a lot of times we think, well, I'm waiting on God for this. I'm waiting on God. Why did this happen to me? This wasn't fair, Lord. This hurt me. I want you to fix everything. Well, God's waiting for you to start to pray for these people before he can get involved. Yeah. Because you are stuck. You remain stuck. We're told that if we pray for these people that hurt, now, you know as well as I do, these hurts can go deep. But yet, see, you've got a new nature. You have a love nature of God. This actually your nature to bless those who hurt you. Yeah. I mean, what was Jesus doing on that cross? Destroy them, Lord? No, what do you say? Forgive them, Lord. Yeah. They don't even know what they're doing. Yeah. When we do this, this is, this is, Pastor Mamie started talking about this. This is our identity. This is our true identity. You're born of his spirit. This is your true identity to walk in this kind of love. The world doesn't know this love. But we're here to represent Christ. We are to be his ambassadors. We are the ones who are actually to bring God glory in this. So we pray for them so that we will inherit a blessing. Look what it says here. It is not returning evil for evil or insult for insult, but on the contrary, blessing them. Blessing yeah. them. It's a test, blessing your enemies, to pray for their welfare. Yeah. You know, it's a test of our character. It'll be a test of, of your character. Yes. I mean, they don't need God, they don't need your blessing. Like God could have somebody bless them in however way he wants to do it. But when you prove to yeah. yourself and even to God that you're not bitter, there. this is what's happening. You're like, 
you're, you're, when you express it from your heart that you're not bitter, you're not vindictive, you're not holding a grudge, and that you're big enough really to swallow your pride and pray because that's what keeps us from doing it. It's Come like, on. no, they deserve something different. Then, but if you humble yourself, Scripture says when we humble ourselves yeah. in the sight of the Lord, he'll exalt, he'll lift you up in his timing and his way. This is where we put it all in his hands, and it's like, Lord, you saw it all, you understand it all, mm -hmm. that I'll inherit a blessing, it says, if I do this. My freedom will come. Yes. Because when you say you're stuck, you know, it, you, it, it, it draws the joy out of your heart. You know, we sort of grind over these things. And when we begin to pray, this is how sometimes we inherit the blessing. It's like there's this freedom. There's this release. It's like I let them go. It doesn't bother me anymore. You inherit a blessing when we do this. And sometimes the way we do it is just don't say anything bad about the person when they come up in conversation. <laughs> Listen to verse 10. Yeah. This is up on PowerPoint. And let him who wants to enjoy life and see good days do what? Keep his tongue free from evil. There you go. And his lips from speaking guile or treachery or deceit. There's so much in scripture about our words, the power of our words, the death and life are in the power of this mm -hmm. tongue. We can set the world on fire with our tongue, it says in James. And so we have to learn to tame it. And this is part of just learning to yield. And we're going to fail in this, but we're going to have to just go back, like you said, and ask the Lord, forgive me. And then we'll go around that mountain again. We'll get yep, tested on yep. it again. But it's so easy, you know, to just stay stuck in that past hurt. I mean, and this person may have moved on in their life. They've done the damage. They've moved on. They're in a different chapter of their life. Yeah. And we're still kind of stuck in that old chapter. Let's reread that again. And let's rethink that again. And we just play these old reruns in our, in our head, don't we? The conversation. Sometimes we've said it so many times, you know, <laughs> maybe the person listening goes, I know what you're going to say. <laughs> because out of the abundance, see, this is what we have to ask, see, look at ourselves. And God, out of the abundance of the heart, my mouth is yeah, speaking. There you go. And so I have to be able to put a zip on my mouth sometimes instead of just rehashing. Well, they were dishonest and this is what they did. And, and, but let, God says, let my love, that his love covers a multitude of sins. There you go, right there. You know, these, and, these scriptures, they're not easy to do, but they're, when we do these, we are expressing our new nature in Christ. See, we're not of this world. Yeah. We're not of this world. Yeah. We don't walk by this world's, we don't walk by this world's ways. Yeah. You're not going to be doing this in heaven. Yeah. We might as well not do it now. I mean, we're citizens of heaven. Yeah. And we start doing that. Could you imagine the effect that it would have in the church? Just in the church. Yeah. Don't kid yourself. There's all sorts of backbiting in church. This ministry is against this ministry because they said this or they believe this. And it's, it's like, oh, does anybody read the Bible? Does anybody read the Bible? <laughs> And I have to say, most of the people don't know that these words exist because they don't read the Bible. I think if you read the Bible, you find out who you truly are. You're, you are a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things pass away. All things become new. You are commanded. I am commanded to renew our minds with the word of God. It's not a suggestion. It's a command. And believe me, we're all going to stand before Jesus. If we did this, there'd be, like you were saying, a, a spiritual revolution would, would happen all throughout the world. <laughs> and the local church is supposed to be like a, a, a family. It really is. It's supposed to be like we're brothers and sisters. We are. Uh, but so many uh, families have fractured relationships within them that, you, you bring that into the church. Everybody does. Whatever's happening in the world, people come and bring it into the church because people are just getting saved. People don't know how to act. 
they're getting born again. So now we're, we're here, all of us, we are here to make disciples. We're to help people. All you have to do is look back at your own life and say, man, was I a mess coming in here. But yet we've got to understand that it's Christianity 1. It's, it's the beginning. Forgive, forgive, forgive. It's the very beginning. And here's the warning Jesus even told us. If you don't forgive, God will not forgive you. That should put the fear of God in you. Yes, I don't yeah. care who and yeah. what. I'm just going to. But what happens is that people get so fractured, they bring it in here, and then I'm offended here, I'm offended here, then I'm going to hop into another church. I'm going to another church. They hurt me. Oh, my gosh. Or they quit going to church altogether. We've seen it. Yeah. We've seen it. And, yeah. and you know, I, we struggle in the same way. I think this is what we have to understand, that when we all come together and we look at a church, a local church, as a, as a family, brothers, and it, Scripture calls ourselves brothers and sisters in Christ. And I do believe that, like Pastor Steve was saying, because our families can sometimes be so fractured and unhealthy, we didn't learn how to communicate, love, That's forgive right. in yeah. our own families. So how do we know how to do it when we come into the church? We just kind of bring our same broken thoughts into here. But this is where, again, in our new identity, when we begin to yes. read and yield ourselves, then we have opportunity when the, when the offenses happen within the church family to work it out. And... You know, the truth be told, like, we struggle in the same way. Sometimes you think, well, you get up here and you speak, and somehow you just don't go through any of these same things that we go through. No, we go through the same thing. Yep. We don't have any special anointing on our life to live out, live out and obey these scriptures. And, you, you, you know, you talk about hop, hop, hop. Like, sometimes we feel like, I feel like hop, hop, hopping away from church, too. It's like, I'm done with this. I you go, well, why would you feel that way? Well, because we get hurt, too. We're human. Yeah. People do wrong things behind, just like they do behind your back. They do wrong things behind our back in the, in the church. Yeah. People try to split a church. This is the work of the devil, really, to split and divide because there's weakness when that happens. You know, slander the church. Say some, leave the church and say something bad about it so that it, it's all a work Put it of the on enemy. Facebook. And I'm just like you. Like, do you feel warm fuzzies when somebody does that to you? And, like, you just want to, you just don't want to talk to them, right? It's like, oh, I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to deal with you. But God then says the same thing to us. You need to learn to love and forgive. It's like, oh. <laughs> and here's the thing. I know I've hurt people, and, and people have hurt me. And things like this are bound to happen. But God is saying to learn before you just hop, hop, hop away, you know, cancel culture, I'm done with you, I don't yeah. want to speak to you anymore, learn how to talk, communicate, express even why you're hurt. In, in order for the Holy Spirit to help work forgiveness and reconciliation to Christ, that's the most beautiful thing. That's how people grow. This is, that's how people grow. This is how you grow up spiritually yeah. and change. Like you said, it's Christianity, like 101. But most people have a hard time with that for a lot of reasons. It's like, I don't want to sit and talk about it. It hurts. It's, I'm mad. I know you're mad. I'm mad too. But we don't, none of us have a right to just walk away. Right. And so these are difficult things. And we learn this, I think, as we pray for our enemies, even in private, it begins to let the love of God start working these things out in our heart. This truly is. Christianity 101, to learn to love and forgive people who have offended you. That's right. And this is how we grow up spiritually. I can't think of the number of times, and I know the Lord checked me on it years ago. I mean, we haven't been to that many churches. We've kind of stayed where we felt like God put us. But, you know, I, I, when I think if I wanted to leave a church... You don't leave on a bad note right. and, or pretend it's not a bad note. But if there's not a reconciliation there and a genuine peace and love to say, okay, if God is truly calling me 
to go, then, then there's a blessing in that. But it's difficult to build on a foundation. Sometimes we just think a geographical location changes things. But it doesn't. The Lord's looking at our heart, and he wants our heart to be pure. He wants our heart to have forgiveness. And so before we hop out of a job because of a difficult situation, mm -hmm. hop out of a family because of a difficult situation, we want to be sure we're not running away from something the Lord wants to help us to sit down and learn to communicate That's and right. reconcile. And it goes back to the, the local church is like a family, you know, and what family isn't there that there hasn't been this division or haven't this been yeah. offended here, offended there. You don't just walk away from your family. You know, we all have blind spots. We all have weaknesses. Not a single one of us have arrived. Hello. Not one. And sometimes we hurt somebody without even having a clue we did it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and then the other people can come in. Well, they didn't even look at me when I walked in. I'm offended. <laughs> well, it's because they didn't even know you walked in. Yeah. It's like, oh, we've got to work at this, guys. We have to renew our minds. I mean, who are you? You are who the Bible says you are. You are born of his spirit. You have a love nature. You have to stick it out. You have to work it out. You know, you've got to speak the truth in love. You have to work these things out because the understanding, look at God wants harmony in his church. Yeah. And the relationship comes back often. When you've done that with people that you Stronger. love. Yeah. The relationship could come back stronger yes. and better. Yes, stronger. Verse 11. Let him turn away from wickedness and shun it. And let him do right. Let him search for peace and seek it eagerly. It takes work. And, and yeah. sometimes it's hard. And your flesh will say, I don't want to. Yeah. And sometimes you'll be forced to it. And this is, let me give you a clue. You don't go in to try to make it right by going like this. Go ahead, tell me your side. Yeah. <laughs> that gives me a clue. You're not interested. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard. This is not just a good idea to do this. It's a command of God. Yeah. It's, we need to seek this, earnestly seek it. Why? Because there's a blessing in it. Yeah. And you're glorifying God. Yeah. You know, and, and when you do this, you're growing spiritually. Anybody married in here? Okay. There's a lot of opportunities for this. <laughs> yeah. It's like sometimes you stick your foot in your mouth even when you're trying to explain something. <laughs> it's like, why did I say that? <laughs> but you sit down and you listen and you work it out. I didn't know that that's how you perceive that comment. I, you know what? You work it out. And what happens is that that relationship comes back stronger and stronger. What's the basis of it? The basis of it is your new nature in Christ. If you forget that, you're going to forget everything. But when you understand who you are in Christ and who he is in you, you're going to be able to do this. And give us grace. His grace will come. That's his power. Yes. In to do in and through us what we cannot do in our own strength. That's right. And so in the most difficult of relationship issues like this, we do. We pray, God, help me. I need your grace. We need to talk to the Lord and believe that his strength is going to come for us to do it. But we must be willing to ask and then willing to seek and to do. Yes. And really, Satan's greatest weapon, this is his greatest weapon, is this spirit of offense between mm -hmm. people. I mean, so many times in Scripture, we're commanded to walk in love, walk in unity, because there's power in it. And Satan knows that if I can split and divide, mm -hmm. I'll weaken things. And he's, you know, let's look at, look at the world. He's, he's, he's pretty active. <laughs> <laughs> the church needs to get her act together. Yes. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. We there's a good book about the, this. The Bait of Satan by John Bevere is an excellent book on this very thing. 
And we have to remember that this is a warfare taking place. This is not just, he did me wrong. You know, we are not fighting in flesh and blood, ultimately. Because sometimes the devil or demonic influence will influence people's minds and attitudes. They'll say things. You're right. And they're being influenced to split and divide. People, people yield to their flesh to gossip, to slander. Right. That's not coming from the Spirit of God. It's coming from demonic influence. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when we yield to it, this is where, you know, we, we end up splitting and dividing. And we weaken the kingdom of God and his power. Yeah. And it becomes an open door. Like if we harbor jealousy, we harbor just anger. We need to learn. Uh, this is why I said we, we have to learn how to go to people and communicate. This is so important. So important. That, that we we create unity. Mm-hmm. That we first thing we think in our mind is I'm not going to divide this. I'm going to work and I talk to you. I want reconciliation. I don't want to just hey, you know how you hurt me and how bad this is and kind of stand alone. The Lord is saying I want to work towards oneness. Yes, oneness. And so getting people to be offended is one of His greatest devices. Obviously, One of his easiest ones. Because you'll stay stuck spiritually. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, you think, well, I'm going to move on. I'm going to go. People, they divorce, they leave churches. And, and frankly, I think people were, if you left and you were maybe, if you if you are like a spiritual baby, a spiritual teenager, you think, we go to church in kind of the same way that we do chronologically mm-hmm. in our Bible. I believe you just stay at that same level. You just sit there. Like you might be in a new place, new people around you. But the Lord's like, he's like it's being said in Matthew. When you go and give your gift at the altar, you're here in church. You're doing something good. I have a gift. I have money. And he's saying, you remember that someone has offense like against you. Leave your gift at the altar. Go make it right with the person. Then come and present your gift. This is how important it is to the Lord. Because sometimes we can yep. do a lot of spiritual activity and we think, I'm okay, I'm okay, but the Lord's looking down in our heart and going, you got to go make that right for that person. And I, I say this again, if the church did this for one day, we had one day of reconciliation in the body of Christ, mm-hmm. think of the spiritual revival we could have. It's an opportunity, yes. And so Jesus modeled this unconditional love for us. This is um, the last verse here, 12. It says, For the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayer, but the face of the Lord is against those who practice evil. I mean, why should we pray for our enemies? Well, because Jesus prayed for his enemies. He's our master. It's like, (laughs) he prayed for those who opposed him on the cross. That's right. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. You know, everybody matters to Jesus. You know, he's the one who expressed the Father's complete love. And uh, Listen, while we were enemies of the cross, he died for us. Not for the next person sitting next to you, for you. While you could care less about him, he died for you. And this is, he's, he left this as an example for us to follow. We are to be conformed to his image. We are to imitate him. This, and he gives us the power to do it. You, you just you understand it's the flesh. And the flesh is an enmity against God. It, 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 the flesh itself, the carnal mind, cannot even please God. But when we walk in the Spirit, that Spirit's motivation is love. And following the Master, we're going to be able to do this. We're going to be able to live this out. So we, we want to pray. Yeah. yeah, we want to pray for our enemies as we close out of the service. Uh, yeah. Because God's power is yeah. unleashed yeah. from our own heart, inside of our own heart, flows through us. And it works inside of the heart. Or the person who's offended you. You know, we say enemy. You might not call that person right, an enemy. Right, But you understand. I think we all understand the meaning. And so, Let's bow our heads. Yeah, practice kind of what we spoke <laughs> out here in Scripture. What yeah. We, what we teach. Thank you, Father. Uh, Lord, yeah, we want to follow you. Yes. We want to follow Jesus, your example, and your commandment. 
And so we are going to pray for our enemies, those people who have hurt us.
Once again, our hope is that whether it be through the message you just heard, through worshiping and or serving with other believers, that you and your family have grown closer in your walk with Christ today. I want to remind you about the box in the back. If you're a first-time uh, guest with us today, drop the card in the back. If you have an offering or tithe, drop in there. You can do that as well. Also, I want to remind you about our prayer partners. If there's a need in your life that you want somebody to agree with you in prayer, whether it's salvation, whether it's baptism in the Holy Spirit, maybe there's a physical need or financial need, whatever it may be in your life that you need somebody to pray with you, come and let them pray with you this morning. They want to do that. They're ready to do that. Um, as we leave today, I just want to speak this over you. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly more than we could ask or think, according to the power that is at work within us, go with God from this place. You've been commissioned to be a light to the world and to those around you. Have a great weekend, guys. Celebrate the freedom that we have in Christ. Be blessed. Have a good week. And you're dismissed. <laughs>